Right, just a quickie before we start. Later this month, well, I am hosting a round table for maybe eight to 12 business owners in construction, tradesmen, that kind of thing. What we're going to do is you'll share with us what's working for you and we'll kind of work with you and show you what you need to do to fix it. It's, you've got to be very highly qualified to get in. It is not a sales presentation, okay? So it's not a bait and switch. It is a genuine round table. But because it's going to involve a lot of my time and effort, what we're doing is we are highly qualifying people to come in. So if you do want to join us, what you need to do is email holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. Make sure you will send you a link where you'll have a couple of questions to answer and then you have a call with Connor. And that would just be a quick 15-minute call and he will just go through a few simple questions just to make sure you're the kind of person we actually want to spend time with. All right. Again, it's not a bait and switch. He won't be selling you anything and nor will I. But it's important we get the right people because otherwise it's going to be a waste of time. What we don't want is people going, yep, 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 yep. All right. So email Holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk and join us for the roundtable at the end of the month. Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast of smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off and on autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away, boys. Like we went, I went to this burger joint once and said, I want a crocodile burger. And he said, you are? I said, yeah, I want a crocodile burger. Make it snappy. Oh, no, you didn't just say that. <laughs> I did. You didn't just say that. I did. You heard me. <sighs> I'm not going to make a joke. But I am going to make a statement. Yeah, I fucking love Bovril, and I forgot how good it how good it is. Uh, Do you yeah. love Bovril? I don't think I've not had it within living memory. My memory It's fucking, and that awesome. suggests I probably had it and didn't like it as a kid. I I can't imagine you wouldn't like it. Why? What about me? Screams Bovril lover. That's a wrong streak. Gotta be a bit of fucking bovril. <laughs> it's like it's a bit of a blokey drink, isn't it? Because it's beefy. Oh fuck off! Bovril is not a manly fucking drink. Yes, it is. It's what you have in oh, the football. Fuck off! Bovril what is the kind of fuck off. Bovril is a fucking millennial fucking thing, I reckon. No, it fucking isn't, you weird <laughs> cunt. <laughs> it was passed down to me from my granddad. Actually, it's very British. Oh, I get it. I say it's a fucking it's... pedo thing then. It's a very working class thing. You've seen that 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 advert Weatherall's. Weatherall's. Weather's original. I know of Weather's original. It's a fucking advert, and it's this this fucking little kid going into the garden shed with his granddad and being given sweets. How fucking (laughs) wrong does that look? Fucking dodgy. Fucking Weather's original. I mean, that they really fucked on advertising in that one. Unless it's just God. Did they mention anything to do with lube? Because that really would have gotten me in some trouble. I was just about to do that myself, you know. Shut up. I, I promise I was about to say the same kind of thing. What, the same transition? Yeah. <laughs> I promise. Fuck oh, off, I don't believe you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I do not lie. I, I, I take on board Marcus Aurelius's maxim, you know? If it is not right, do not do it. If it is not the truth, do not say it. I do not lie. In that so, case... I was going to say, I'm talking about lube. I was going to use exactly the same words. I was going to say, but on the subject of lube, talking about lube, alluding to lube, 
there's an easy way to lube your sales. Because let's face it, most most sales are quite... And this is what stops sales from being automatic, by the way. And when we talk about automatic sales, I don't want people to think necessarily on autopilot. You can do that. You know, if you've got an e-commerce store, you're selling stuff online and people can order it either through a form or through a phone when you're speaking to some fucking muppet on the phone. That would count as automatic. But I'm, I'm really talking about... Even in, say, bathrooms and stuff where you've, you've got to sit down maybe at the desk with someone and literally write down an order and get a signature. You can make that process as automatic as possible, meaning it's kind of hands off. You're not, there's not a lot of effort involved. Maybe effortless would be a better word than automatic. But what I'm saying is it makes it easy to sell. It reduces, we've got frictionless pricing and effortless or automatic sales. It's just, it's almost, it's a done deal. Yeah, because we're having that, we said it before, we're having that conversation of what can you do, rather, sorry, rather than what can you do, how much is it going to cost, can we do something about the price, let me go and think about it. The kind of conversation is fucking how great, when can you fit me in, when can you do my kitchen? A bit like me and my eyes, you know, when I had my eyes done, there was none of this, oh, fuck out, it's a lot of money, I'll go away and think about it, shop around, it was fucking hell, I'll, I'll pay you more if you can do it sooner than Christmas, you know, and they wouldn't, stupid, but. That's how it was. So they're the kind of conversations you want to be having. That's what I mean by automatic or effortless sales. And to lubricate that, the probably the easiest way I know, and I'm talking again strategically, not tactically. And I don't I don't like to go into tactics too much. Tactics, I hate to say this, it sounds wrong, but tactics are for paying clients. Strategies are more like the what and the why, give them away for free. You want the fucking how-to, which is the tactics, you pay us. Simple as that. And that's fair. You don't like it? Hey, go find another fucking podcast. Go listen to Joe Rogan with his logical fallacies. Anyway, you know, it's to switch from what we call a transaction, a transactional selling model to a transformational one. Now, with a transactional one, that's what you normally get when you get your average guru or that's in our business or your average bathroom seller or whatever. They've, they've got a stock product and it's transaction and they take you from the unknown to the known. They will say, I've no idea what your problem is. I, I don't care. But what I've got will, will, will solve the problem. Yeah. For them, they've got this fucking hammer and every problem they see is a nail. Now that works to an extent, but the, the problem with it is the chances of you having exactly the right hammer for exactly the right nail, all for it being a nail in the first place, is, is not good. So you might kind of get not massively dissatisfied customers, but you won't get them thrilled and delighted and overawed. What you'll get is customers who don't probably come back and aren't particularly bothered about referring their friends. You, you've done okay at the best. And at worst, you've just fucked things up and made a complete hash and they've got to start all over again. And that does happen. We know it does. That often happens when you're selling on price, which is a fucking definitely transactional thing. Never mind what it does. It's cheap, you know? <laughs> that is quintessentially transactional. So the transactional model, yeah, it works. You can make money, but it's a lot of effort. And I don't think it's actually as ethical or moral as, as transformational selling, which is the next one, which is the way we sell. Now, transformational selling is kind of different in that you go from the known to the unknown. You basically say, look, I've just looked at your situation. You know, We'll have a chat. We'll do a triage call. We'll get on a sales call, go on a round table. This is exactly where you are now because we've spoken. I know what your, your challenge is. I've been around your house. I've designed your kitchen. Yeah, you're getting to pay for that if you're smart, but that's a small amount of money. I know exactly where we are. I understand it in the context of your life and your problems and your challenges and everything else. And yeah, we can fix it because I've just looked at it all. So it's taking for you from the known to the unknown, which is this is where we are now. So let's see where we might be able to go with it and what we might be able to do with it and if I can help you or not. Yeah. Known to the unknown. So a very different idea in it. But I tell you what, it, it, it's more work, especially in the beginning, because you've got to get your head around the idea. But once you've done that and everything's in place, the selling becomes much easier because you're selling to people deepest and more most important values. It's transformational. 
That's what I reckon. Well, well, it's not just what I reckon. It's been proven by by years and years of fucking work in the trenches, you know? Yeah. What are you fucking laughing at? My bald head? The way you was like, it's been proven in um, years and years of um, Like a chimp. (laughs) Work. I'm tired, man. Uh, I tell you well, what. Tuesday, with, with, Wednesdays with, are always, ironically, fucking sleepy days because Tuesday's leg day. day. So Tuesdays wipes me out. And then Wednesdays, I don't, is a rest day. And for some reason, I just feel, it starts on my morning walk. I'm dragging myself up that fucking hill. It's hard work because my legs are stiff. And I never seem to get going for? on a Wednesday. I'm always like, you know. How long did you walk for? It's only four miles every morning. It's, it's almost exactly, it's like 3.95 miles or something. Also, it's very warm in here. Oh, and I can't it? really open the door because the dogs will fucking run out. <laughs> I mean, they won't run away. It's not like that, but they'll just hang around outside and we have farm traffic coming through. So. You see, I did some legs today and I'm feeling exceptionally tired. Uh, and I think it's because I did some legs today and I felt very sick after. I always feel Good. sick after doing legs. Good. And uh, to bring it back to the beginning of the podcast, Bovril saved me because I was dying. You were not dying. I, you were not I, actually I, fucking at risk of losing your life. Well, yes, fucking every, every life. fucking every breath we take, we're dying. You dim prick. Oh, yeah, but that we're constantly we're dying. Not every day we're anything. dying. What you what you told us conveyed is no no information. That's zero information content. It, it, it conveyed Even how I was feeling true. at the time after engaging oh, in some exercise. Fucking millennials exaggerating. 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 Oh, I did a bit of weight on my poorly legs and now I'm I'm literally dying. You fucking you started a business with one. You started a business with one, yeah, so you should deal with the consequences. Well, I thought it might be an idea to have some fresh blood in my life, but obviously fucking not. Just end up carrying me. I'd carry me, you fucking genie prick. (laughs) I'll tell you what's really going to piss you off. I'll go on then. So uh, we work so hard to run this business and to make our, our fortunes. And I spend my fortunes that I get exactly half and exactly the same as you do on trousers like these. Oh, God, man, you are so fucking gay. <laughs> Wait, look at these. Pretty... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you can't talk. You're so fucking gay. Oh, hang on, I wasn't the one who was going on about the fucking trousers. <laughs> well, we're both wearing shit trousers. That's true enough. Anyway, so, and it isn't just, going, going back onto the transactional trans, transformational selling, you know, it, it's not just about ethics and morality and, and even ease of selling, the, the automatic stroke effortless selling. Transactional selling sucks. And here's why transactional selling sucks. Why it's, I think it's a bad model, notwithstanding anything subjective, like morality or ethics or anything like that. The first is because it's a, generally a one-size-fits-all thing you're, you're tending to be selling it on the thing or possibly the result which means you get lower fees your prices your rates your fees t- are generally lower because you're not selling anything special you're not hitting those higher level values the outcomes or anything like that so you make less money for the most part if you're transactional selling you think you might better make up in volume that's possible in things like e-commerce but really fortunes are made or lost based on margin not anything else yeah and margins are often predicated on your selling price because you know because you, you got fixed cost of sale and you got overheads and the rest of it so really the easiest way to increase your margins is to increase your prices well transactional selling makes it hard to do that which means the knock-on effect is lower margins which means lower profits it's just you know it's just mathematics you know like it or not agree with me or not i don't give a shit it's just the fact you can't argue with numbers so generally speaking you're making less money second thing is i've kind of alluded to this before you, you tend to get 
in more infrequent repeat business because you're not thrilling people. And because you're not thrilling them, and one of the reasons you're not thrilling them is you can't afford to thrill them because you're selling on price with low margins, they've got no loyalty to you. You've not given them that fucking, oh, wow experience. It's like, you know, if you're a hotel, you know, you, you go back there. I, I went to a hotel in Dublin and it was... Um, it was White Moose Cafe is the cafe attached to it. And it, it's quite big in Ireland. There's lots of fucking publicity around it. And with that, that level of marketing and, and presence in the marketing, you'd expect it to be a great experience. You keep going back. I actually stayed there just to see what it was like. And it was pretty average. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't brilliant either. So I won't go again because it wasn't worth the extra money. Okay. So that wasn't strictly transactional, but what it did mean is they didn't thrill me. I didn't really get value for money, so I'm, there's no reason for me to go back. So you get infrequent repeat business if you don't thrill them. It's harder to thrill them if you're selling at low prices, and you're more likely to get low prices if you're doing the transactional selling model. And the other thing is this. Now, I want, I want you to listen very carefully to this because it sounds counterintuitive to what I normally say. You focus on the solution, not the problem. Now, we should all be doing that in some ways, and we should be looking for solutions. But that's the important thing. We should be looking for solutions. Transactional selling picks a solution and then focuses on that and tries to shoehorn the problem into it. Now, there's a subtle difference there. The language is very similar, but there's a subtle difference there. Oh, wait, sorry, subtle. It's actually a massive difference, but it sounds subtle. All right. So if you're focused on, oh, this is the solution. This is my hammer. Where's your nail? You know, oh, I've got a screw. Okay, we could still hit it hard enough. It's still going in the wood, you know. It'll work after a fashion, but it ain't perfect. So Three things, lower fees, infrequent repeat business, and a focus on the, the solution. Here's the solution. Here's my nail. I've got a hammer. Let's fucking sort it. You know? that, that's, those are direct consequences of transactional selling, and it, it sucks. You're working much harder than you need to. And even the intangibles, things like you don't have happy customers. Now, if your customers are never really fucking happy, well, they're always maybe carping a little bit, you get this sense that they're not that, that delighted with you. It must get quite tiring, I'd imagine. There's yeah. little... No, because the rewards in any business for most people are not all about the money. It's about the, re the reaction of people. Yeah. I can imagine if you're fitting bathrooms, kitchens, bedrooms, doing stuff in people's houses, and they're never really that bothered. Do, what, what were they like? No, they're okay. You know, it's hardly like to you're jumping out of bed to grab your fucking paintbrush in the morning, is it? Mm -hmm. No. Now, on the other side of things, third thing is, you know, why, why transactional, sorry, transformational selling is the polar opposite. Why it's the dog's bollocks. Well, you get higher fees, you can sell more, you, you, you sell, sell more expensive. You are, you are tending to sell to people's higher values. The outcome, we've, met, we've talked about this, to the fucking cows come on before. We are selling not on the thing, not on the price, not on the fucking result even. You're selling on the outcome, how it transforms people's lives, how it makes their marriages better, how they have a better home life, whatever, whatever you're selling. Well, you charge more money for that. And that, of course, the, the knock-on, because you're selling to these high-level values, of course, I'm assuming here, you actually keep your word and you're not duplicitous and a lying piece of shit like a certain person we were talking about a few minutes ago. It facilitates repeat business. You know, people will keep coming back to you because they want that good experience. If you've got a hotel and you thrill people, then you're going to get people coming back. And, and okay, I'm... I'm autistic, so I'm a little bit sameness anyway, and I will do something once, and if it works, I'll keep doing it, unless I've got a reason to change. I'm not that unusual. People will tend to go back to a place over and over again if they have a good experience. Why wouldn't that? Yeah. It makes sense. We've evolved to do that. It might be the um, Four Seasons hotel chain. Then again, it might not be. I can't remember if that's a high-end or a low-end one. But there's a, um, there's a specific hotel chain in America that um, the first time you ever stay with them, you almost have to have like an onboarding session where you choose your favorite smells from all these different smells. What sort of fire would you like? And then they keep that all on file 
and it's obviously very expensive, but every time you stay, uh, you, you, you book a room at one of their hotels, they have a master database that shows what smells you like, what food you like, and all of this and the other. So the minute you arrive, there's already like a candle in your room burning uh, of yeah, yeah, your favourite yeah. scent, the sort of firewood that you like. Uh, usually your favourite drink is waiting on the bedside table with a thank you card for staying with them again. And uh, they do everything they can to customise the hotel experience to make it unique for you and perfect for you. Yeah. Now, that undoubtedly costs money. Of course it doesn't. It's the kind of money that most hotels are not doing now. It's ridiculous. Look at our margins. But if, of course, if you increase your prices, your margins will, will increase correspondingly and people will keep coming back. I mean, a certain type kind of traveller and, and visitor, guests will do that. Again, yeah, I can't remember which one it was. It's the hotel chain. Um, it's not the Ritz. I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, but it's quite famous because one of the rules they had was any... Any hotel employee had a budget of up to something like $2,000 per guest to solve any problems, no questions asked. So, you know, your very lowest fucking desk clock, if there was something wrong, they could spend money to get it fixed if there wasn't something in house without having to go to their manager and see what the boss says. But again, the re- they could do that because they were charging a lot of money. But of course, the experience they could then deliver, it was faultless because... <laughs> You know, something goes wrong. They, anyone can fix it for any almost any price. Yeah. Again, most people won't do that because they're too fucking lily livered. So higher fees facilitates repeat business, and of course, going rather than focusing on the solution, it first focused on the problem and says, okay. Tell me what, what your pain is, what's hurting? How can I be of service to you? All right, that sounds pretty bad, but I think there's something we can do about it. Not You're asking them what the problem is, not telling them what your solution is, and you know, by inference then saying what their, what their problem must be. Yeah, because most most salespeople, and this is, this is what we're talking about now, salespeople in the process, they don't ask questions. They have a sale they want to make, which is effectively a solution they want to impose on you. They don't ask enough questions. And I can't remember what it was. It might have been Aristotle. It could have been one of the other ones. Socrates. <laughs> it could have been Socrates who said, um, you know, the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your questions. People attribute that quote to... Tony Robbins. Uh, it was it was thousands of years before Tony fucking Big they, Robbins came they out. Attribute it to Mr. Robbins. Mm. Hey, he has said it, but it wasn't him who first said it. We don't even know if it was Socrates or whoever who said it first. But it, Socrates, it, it, why are you calling him so? That really annoys uh, me. Seriously, you want to know why? Why? Oh, this is fucking hilarious. Really bugging me. My brother, my brother is dead now, but my brother Greg was professor of philosophy at Aston University in Birmingham. And if anyone doubts me on this, just Google Greg McCulloch philosopher. His books will come up and everything else. So, you know, it's not bullshit. And he used to, he had a really bad temper. And he was 13 years older than I was. So when when he first got heavily into philosophy and was going through academia, he was probably in his, say, 30 years old. So I'd been, you know, 17 now late teens and me and my other brother Shane who's still alive the last I heard anyway we would wind Greg up by calling Socrates Socrates and we would call Hippocrates Hippocrates and he used to get really genuinely angry about it it's not Socrates it's Socrates so when someone reacts like that what do you do you'd keep oh, doing it of course you do of course you fucking do yeah so that's why we call Socrates Socrates and Hippocrates Socrates and Hippocrates <laughs> The only reason it used to wind my dead brother up. It probably still does. I can hear him spitting in his grave now. 
Oh, God. Don't step outside for a while, especially when it's raining. <laughs> I got to smite him with thunder. <laughs> yeah, I got like a fucking ashes blowing in my face. So, yeah. Oh, a big drop on the, your head. I'm just thinking, I, I could tell you the funniest story ever, I could save it for another day. About the guy save shitting it for another day. We'll, we'll, remind we'll, we'll, me then, on tomorrow's tomorrow podcast, to talk about Gerard. Gerard. All right. I like Gerard the show and his enormous shit. <laughs> if you don't fucking cry with laughter and if this doesn't get us both complaints and fucking commendations from people then i'll be disappointed because it's it it's almost beggar's belief people won't believe it but it i swear it's true it was fucking hilarious how i kept a straight face and didn't die i don't know because well, i wanted to just explode if i'd have started laughing i would have still be laughing now and it was 15 years ago 14 years ago well, I look forward to hearing it tomorrow. But in the meantime, we have to get the one minute hate down yeah, out of the way because we have got a session with the clients later. We have. And I have to be honest with you, buddy. We're both fucking tired. So I'm really glad you were the lead on this one and not me. I forget the last time you took lead on a fucking training. Like you fucking. Two, you fucking 2015 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The clients enjoyed the events, did they? Yeah, the boxes that went out and all of that, yeah. Oh, the bean, you mean the boxes yeah. that you didn't fucking send me? You didn't deserve one. You don't, yes, pay, you don't pay the company. So, you know, it's for clients only. You're not a client. I'm the one who brings the money in. <laughs> You're the one who spends it. You're like my wife. <laughs> I'm better looking. Well, that's true. Oh, shit, I said I said that. Yeah. Anyway, what's the one? You got a tighter ass. <laughs> I do. It's virgin. Yeah. So you reckon? Um, the first time I bled from my arsehole. That wasn't fun. But that's. I'd imagine that me. is an occasion one would remember for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very scary. Very scary. Funny for everyone else, mind. Oh yeah, my, my dad found it hilarious. I'm going to ask you now. Why did you bleed from your ass? Um, because of my condition. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we laugh and joke about it, but I'm one fucked up little boy. Yeah. And I'm not being ominous. Uh, it's a issue. And this for the listeners, I suppose, is auto, an autoimmune issue. Basically, dear listener, Connor is a wreck, a spaz. I'm a little spastic, short and stout. Here is my strong hand, here is my bad. <laughs> anyway, what's the one minute eight about? Less about my bloody I don't know, I completely lost my fucking thread now thinking about you bleeding from your ass. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be thinking about that. It should be in one ear, out the other. <laughs> it shouldn't stay and have to process. <laughs> It's quite a simple concept. I'm sure every bloke's bled from their ass at one point. No, hello, excuse me. I've yeah. never bled from not knowing me anyway. Wait, so you never had a look at your shit and there's like even a little bit of blood in there? No. Not even. I mean, I'm not saying really there's never been blood. Drink, but I, I, don't, I start the kind of thing I generally poke around in, to be fair. Well, no, I'm not saying get a knife and fork out and start cutting it <laughs> out like you do with chicken to see if it's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a thought, isn't it? Anyway, the one minute hate is apparently about people who do the same dumb shit over and over again and expect a different outcome. And everyone loves putting that on LinkedIn and saying, Einstein was amazing. This is the definition of insanity. It was cool the first said time it. I heard it. Did you never, never say it? I don't think you did, no. It was cool the first time I heard it. But Jesus Christ, the amount of people that fucking post it like it's the there's, there's a lot of coming of Jesus. Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you read on the internet about Einstein. <laughs> I saw that. I found that fucking funny. I mean, and people believing it. What, why do people do this? Why do people attribute this? Like what, what gets me is you, you, you point out to them, Einstein, it, it, no, never mind 
what, a, what a, uh, an accurate statement it is, or deep and profound as you like. Einstein didn't say it, or rather, there's no evidence Einstein did say it, so you're making a claim without evidence. When you point it out to them, they still do it, they still repeat it. Well, that, to me, is a sign of a complete piece of shit. Repeating a well, claim you can't substantiate is a, is a sign of a piece of shit. It's almost ironic, isn't it? Yes, really. It's a sign of dishonesty and all the cool stuff. And don't get me started on dishonest people. Not like that person we mentioned earlier today. <laughs> Private you know who you are, Mr. H. Private conversation. So are we doing a one minute hate or not? But we, being me, you mean. All right. Well, people I do have the to same do dumb the, shit over do... and over again and expect a different fucking outcome. I have to do the counting. That's hard. Well, it's about your limit, isn't it? I can count, I can start Especially with my finger. If you notice, when it gets to this hand, I really struggle getting this finger. No, I I haven't noticed, actually. I don't look... I I don't give a shit, either. (laughs) I don't expect you to give a shit, nor do I want you to. Are you ready? If I did, I'd have to poke around and see if there's any shit, any blood there, wouldn't I? With the knife and fork. (laughs) Treating the shit. Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one... Right, people who do the same dumb shit over and over again and expect a different outcome. Going back about oh, fucking hell, 35, 40 years maybe when, when cash points were fairly new. I stood behind a woman who put a card in, tapped out the numbers, it went beep. She did it again, tapped out the numbers, it went beep. Tapped out the numbers again, it went beep and swallowed her card. I don't know if they still do that, but that's what it used to do. She turned around to me and she said, oh, I knew that would happen. Then why the fuck did you carry on doing it, you fucking potato? Yeah, people do the same dumb shit over and over again. And it's not always as obvious and simple and straightforward as tapping the wrong fucking numbers in on your credit card. Get this one. People saying to me, oh, my business is shit. Here are the reasons. One, two, three. And I say to them, we can fix that for you by doing this. One, two, three. Tell them the what and the why you're going to pay for the how. And you know what they say? I'm just going to carry on doing what I've been doing for the last 17 fucking years for a little bit longer. It won't work. If it's not working now, it ain't going to fucking start you, potato. Do something different. All right, you fucking moron. Bloody hell. You did well. Yeah. You did well. Proud of you. Oh, God, that really fucking makes me happy. (laughs) Connor's proud of me. No, honestly, you're a superstar in my eyes. Never, never mind. My fucking life is shit. I'm 56 years old. Everything hurts. I'm short, autistic, and staring down the wrong end of fucking 60. Connor's proud of me. Oh, my life is now fucking complete. Well, I'm happy to hear that, buddy, <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to hear that my uh, thoughts mean so much to you. However, I recommend you you try and you know not do that. It's not good to put your emotional well-being on an, another person's opinions of you. Oh man, the, the number of people who do that. Uh, it's just my yeah. Stay in my well, LinkedIn. You know what really makes me laugh on LinkedIn? What? These people who post, not just once, but over and over and over again about how authentic they are and how little they care for what the people say and how they're going to be better in the future. But you said you were going to be better at this six months ago. You're still obviously fucking shit at it. Hello. Never mind what people write on LinkedIn. Never mind what people say. Watch what they fucking do. And when their words indicate they are still fucking weak, pathetic, needy, attention-seeking pieces of shit... Trust your instincts. They are still weak, needy, pathetic, attention-seeking pieces of shit, aren't they? You are spot on. And on that <laughs> note... <laughs> on that note, if you want to attract better clients, sell them at higher prices and have them all delivered into your business from a pipeline which itself is kept fed and replenished and full in the background on autopilot and hands off, then what you need to do is go to ottpodcast.co.uk and avail yourself of all our fucking many, many resources. And... And don't forget the free round table we're doing at the end of the month or towards the end of the month. And there's probably 
don't know, three or four places left. I've, I've lost count of the numbers now. So all that will mean you're making more money, less work, less hassle for your headaches, higher margins, higher prices, better people, all the rest of it, yada, yada, yada. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands. Please do not poke through your own turds with a knife and fork. And don't just on your fingers. See you later. Yeah.